realization that business cycles do exist, while being in no way equipped to understand them. Some economists, union leaders, and businessmen, despairing of any hope for the free market economy, have in fact begun to call for a radical shift to a collectivized economy in America, notably the Initiative Committee for National Economic Planning, which includes in its ranks economists such as Vasily Leontief, union leaders such as Leonard Woodcock, and business leaders such as Henry Ford II. In the midst of this miasma and despair, there is one school of economic thought which predicted the current mess, has a cogent theory to explain it, and offers the way out of the predicament. A way out, furthermore, which, far from scrapping free enterprise in favor of collectivist planning, advocates the restoration of a purely free enterprise system that has been crippled for decades by government intervention. This school of thought is the Austrian theory presented in this book. The Austrian view holds that persistent inflation is brought about by continuing and chronic increases in the supply of money engineered by the federal government. Since the inception of the Federal Reserve System in 1913, the supply of money and bank credit in America has been totally in the control of the federal government, a control that has been further strengthened by the U.S. repudiating the domestic gold standard in 1933, as well as the gold standard behind the dollar in foreign transactions in 1968, and finally in 1971. With the gold standard abandoned, there is no necessity for the Federal Reserve or its controlled banks to redeem dollars in gold, and so the Fed may expand the supply of paper and bank dollars to its heart's content. The more it does so, the more prices tend to accelerate upward, dislocating the economy and bringing impoverishment to those people whose incomes fall behind in the inflationary race. The Austrian theory further shows that inflation is not the only unfortunate consequence of governmental expansion of the supply of money and credit. For this expansion distorts the structure of investment and production, causing excessive investment in unsound projects in the capital goods industries. This distortion is reflected in the well-known fact that in every boom period, capital goods prices rise further than the prices of consumer goods. The recession period of the business cycle then becomes inevitable, for the recession is the necessary corrective process by which the market liquidates the unsound investments of the boom and redirects resources from the capital goods to the consumer goods industries. The longer the inflationary distortions continue, the more severe the recession adjustment must become. During the recession, the shift of resources takes place by means of capital goods prices falling relative to consumer goods. During the Depression of 1974-75, to 75, we have seen this occur, with industrial raw material prices falling rapidly and substantially, with wholesale prices remaining level or declining slightly, but with consumer goods prices still rising rapidly, in short, the inflationary depression. What then should the government do if the Austrian theory is the correct one? In the first place, it can only cure the chronic and potentially runaway inflation in one way, by ceasing to inflate, by stopping its own expansion of the money supply by Federal Reserve manipulation, either by lowering reserve requirements or by purchasing assets in the open market. The fault of inflation is not in business monopoly or in union agitation or in the hunches of speculators or in the greediness of consumers. The fault is in the legalized counterfeiting operations of the government itself. For the government is the only institution in society with the power to counterfeit, to create new money. So long as it continues to use that power, we will continue to suffer from inflation, even unto a runaway inflation that will utterly destroy the currency. At the very least, we must call upon the government to stop using that power to inflate. 
but since all power possessed will be used and abused, a far sounder method of ending inflation would be to deprive the government completely of the power to counterfeit, either by passing a law forbidding the Fed to purchase any further assets or to lower reserve requirements, or more fundamentally, to abolish the Federal Reserve System altogether. We existed without such a central banking system before 1913, and we did so with far less rampant inflations or depressions. Another vital reform would be to return to a gold standard, to a money based on a commodity produced, not by government printing presses, but by the market itself. In 1933, the federal government seized and confiscated the public's gold under the guise of a temporary emergency measure. That emergency has been over for 40 years, but the public's gold still remains beyond our reach at Fort Knox. As for avoiding depressions, the remedy is simple. Again, to avoid inflations by stopping the Fed's power to...